Welcome into a Friday, or as I like to say, Friday edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad and the whole team back together with you ahead of the weekend. Got Mike Nislik and Andrew Gillis here with me. And you know what this weekend is. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to talk a lot about that and uh, actually tie the Bengals into it, believe it or not. And before we get to that in the show, of course, uh, what we're just coming off of is uh, the NFL Honors, which were Thursday night as we taped this Friday. And we had our Hall of Fame inductions. And just starting there, Ken Riley, who is a Cincinnati favorite, a Cincinnati legend, he finally gets into the Hall of Fame. He was a senior finalist. He got over 80% of votes from that respective committee. Good for him. We mentioned yesterday, Mike and I did, he was tied, or still is tied for the fifth most picks in NFL history with Charles Woodson. Uh, Willie Anderson fell just short. He was an offensive tackle who played over a decade with the team. Uh, it was his second time as a finalist, but he fell just short. And I kind of said this the other day, I think with Joe Thomas being a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, it made it a little tough because I think they were going to focus more on him. But I mean, just jumping into it, um, like I said, this was long overdue, I think, for uh, Ken Riley. I want to say he was slept on, per se, but I definitely think it was overdue at the same time. So now that you have two Bengals in the Hall of Fame, because Anthony Munoz, who also posthumously introduced uh, Riley yesterday into the Hall of Fame, you got two Bengals. Who's going to be the third? Is it going to be Willie Anderson? Could it be Ken Anderson, who played quarterback around the same time Ken Riley did when they were teammates? Is it Boomer Esiason? I mean, what do you guys think? Is, is it just going to be a matter of time for Willie Anderson, or is there someone that we're sleeping on right now? I mean, Willie Anderson's the most likely. He's, uh, you know, he's been a semifinalist, a finalist twice. Um, you know, I, I just think this year was a little bit, a little bit difficult because, uh, you know, if you kind of look at some of these classes, there's not typically like four receivers that go in one year. It, it, they try to spread it out a little bit. Um, you rarely kind of see position groups together. So, I mean, Joe Thomas was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Nobody was going to dispute that. Um, that. To me, it was a hard year for Willie Anderson. He's got the best chances just because he's he's kind of next up. Um, I, I, I don't know kind of what you're going to look at. We had the A.J. Green debate um, over whether or not you view him as a Hall of Famer. He's kind of on that bubble like like we talked about. So, um, you know, I think for a while it's it's going to be Willie Anderson. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, for now, y- you have to say he's the most likely just because there's uh, there's not really, you know, any other any other choices, frankly. Well, Chad Johnson was a, was on the ballot. Um, and but if he if he's not uh, kind of coming close to getting, you know, that next round, you know, A.J. Green doesn't have much of a chance. You know, you look at the receiving kind of numbers, it just seems like the, the bar for receivers is getting higher just because of how much of his, you know, the league has gone to a passing league right now. Um, just, you know, it, it's so much easier to put up these, these big numbers. And Reggie Wayne obviously didn't get in yesterday. Andre Johnson's kind of right there. Those seems like the guys with the, the next best shot. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys kind of between Chad Johnson and them that, you know, don't have much chance. So, yeah, obviously Willie Anderson would probably be the, the, the next up. And then uh, it might be a, a drought until uh, one of these current Bengals retire if, if they can uh, string string together uh, some, some good years here. Yeah, I mean, it's good that you mentioned Chad Johnson there. I almost forgot about him since he's been retired for over a decade. But it's kind of like the A.J. Green thing. Like, you know, one of the best receivers in his time when he played in the 2000s. Um, but again, didn't win a playoff game, didn't make a deep playoff run, unless you want to count the one year he was with the Patriots and he played in the Super Bowl. But 
I mean, he was a fourth string receiver at best, so I don't really think you can count that. Even if the Patriots won that Super Bowl against the Giants instead of losing it, I don't really know if you could count that. I mean, like, good for him, but not much of a resume booster there. I think really it's just a matter of time for Willie Anderson. Like, if you look at next year's class for 2024, you know, you've got Julius Peppers, who's probably going to highlight that ballot. You got Haloti Nada, Jordy Nelson. You know, guys like that, I think, will definitely get some Hall of Fame consideration. Where does he fit in there? I don't know, but kind of like with Anderson, in this, in the same way that Ken Anderson, I should say, in the same way Ken Riley was a senior finalist, maybe he finally gets that nod. He's only a couple years younger than him, so maybe he gets his shot, and hopefully he does, since I think he did a little more. He won a league MVP. He played in the Super Bowl. A lot of the things that I think Boomer Esiason did, granted it was in a different time, but uh, yeah, congrats again to Ken Riley and his family. Like I said, that was, uh, I think, very long overdue. Um, but sticking with the honors, um, some interesting tidbits I think that people kind of took away, including me, which was that, you know, obviously unanim- almost unanimously, not completely, but um, Patrick Mahomes got, what, 48 first place votes. You give one to Jalen Hurts, one to Josh Allen. None for Joe Burrow. I was shocked by that. I actually thought that the vote that Allen got would at least go to Burrow or somewhere along the way you would sneak one in there for Burrow. I, I was personally shocked by that. Were you guys shocked? I mean, I know you're not shocked that Mahomes won it, but were you shocked that like Burrow didn't get more consideration, not even a first place vote or two? I mean, what do you guys make of that? No, I shocked is, is way too strong of a word. Um, I wouldn't even say I was surprised. Um, I, I figured that, that the, that the voting would kind of be uh, kind of split between Mahomes and Hertz. Um, I thought it was going to be more split than it was. I didn't think it was going to be 48 for Mahomes. Um, but again, like I, like, I mean, I said on this podcast, like I would have, I would have placed Burrow third. Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be Mahomes, Hertz, and then Burrow. Uh, I was a little surprised that, that Allen was ahead of Burrow, but that's I what mean, I'm saying. Was, I mean, when, when you're talking third or fourth, I, I'm not, it, to me, it doesn't, you know, that doesn't really move the needle a ton. Um, you know, I, I would have to, um, you know, I, I, like I, I would have to kind of look at some more in-depth stats there. But like it, it was pretty close with with Burrow and with Allen and, and frankly with Hertz. Like Hertz didn't blow anybody out. Um, Mahomes won in pretty much a landslide. So I, I don't know. Um, Burrow not getting a first place vote. Didn't really, didn't really surprise me at all. Um, I don't think he deserved over one. Over Allen, um, though. I mean, it hurts. Yeah, I understand. I, I don't think, but over Allen, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Allen deserved a first place vote either. Um, but I so like, we agree on that. I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that Burrow. Like, if if I had to rank it, I would have. Like I said, I would have put Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Allen. But I mean, at that point, you're rearranging deck chairs, basically. So, uh, you know, I, I think that. Um, I, I, it's hard to have a, a true squabble with the uh, with the voting, considering like you know, Allen got one more first place vote, one more second place vote, one more third place vote. Like it to me, it, it seems you know it, it was pretty close, and, and those guys were. I mean, when you look at their stats statistically, they were pretty close all throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, the best player won the MVP, so right. <laughs> <laughs> really? I, I did not know that. You just enlightened me, Mr. Nyslick. So we can rant and rage about whether that was an overreaction or not, but to kind of just look forward because the Bengals are focused on next year, what has to happen for Burrow to not just be a preseason favorite, but to be even be in that conversation with Mahomes, who will be another favorite, with Allen, with Hurts? Like, what has to change for Joe Burrow to make sure 
that even if he doesn't win it, he's a much stronger contender than he was this year for the award? Um, I think Burrow, uh, you, you've got to be good. Uh, obviously, a 12-4 and record is really, really impressive, but the Chiefs won 14-3. and um, The Bengals have to be good. You know, if the Bengals slip back and, you know, they go, you know, 11 and uh, – what would that be? 11 and 6 next year, something like that. I don't know if that's getting it done unless Burrow's thrown for, like, 5,500 yards. Um, but, I, you know, I also think that Burrow kind of has a stacked deck against him when it comes to MVP voting for, for right or wrong reasons. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he had – like I, we've talked about before, he has Travis Kelsey. And then – He's got Juju, he's got Marcus Valdez-Scantling, he's got Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, like a bunch of, who knows, a bunch of shrugs, uh, whereas Joe Burrow has probably the most talented receiving core in the league, and I, and I kind of think that that hurts him um, because when you look at kind of who he's throwing to, what kind of weapons he has, you've got two receivers who pretty, pretty consistently can go over 1,000 yards. That, to me, is, is something that, again, rightly or wrongly, I think it plays against Burrow. So if you're going to win MVP, you've, you know, the, the kind of prerequisites are you got to be a quarterback, which Burrow obviously is, you've got to be on a good team and you've got to go nuts with your stats. So like, I mean, we're probably talking Burrow's got to hit over 5,000 yards, uh, you know, maybe 50 touchdowns, something like that. He's really got to distance himself from, um, you know, he, he's really got to carry, uh, carry a bigger load. And like, Again, it sounds unfair because Burrow was really, really, really good this year. But, um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the sport. I disagree with the deck being stacked. I think it's just that Mahomes is the presumptive favorite because of his last, you know, five, six years. Well, he's also better, but. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm saying, like, there's no deck stacking. Like, I mean, it's not – I think Burrow would get the votes if he had the better season. Like, I I don't think it has – I think it, you know – for, in terms of who the favorite is, I Mahomes mean, is going to be the favorite until, um, you know, they're knocked off. I mean, he's made the Super Bowl what three of the last five years. Um, could win a second one here. I mean, there, you know, there's nothing Burrow can do right now to make himself more attractive to, to betters in the offseason. It'll come down to what he does. You know, getting off to a stronger start would help his odds and, and put him kind of in the race at the start. I mean, that slow start kind of put him behind the eight ball in terms of you know, perception, I think. And then by the time they had that win streak, I think people's minds were made up. So, Andrew, you're saying other than Burrow, like, going crazy with, like, 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, you're saying the only way you can, like, somewhat put him on the same plane as Mahomes is if, like, we live in a world where his only real weapon is Jamar Chase. Let's say T. Higgins doesn't get extended. Tyler Boyd's about to be 30, has a year left on his contract. He's not sticking around. Maybe Joe Mix does stick around. You're saying if you give him scrubs the same way Mahomes has scrubs, and they no, both I, have I identical mean, scrubs. Scrubs is too far. But go ahead. Okay. Continue your point. That's the way. That's the word you just used about no, it's not. whatever Mahomes' weapons are. Shrugs. Tony. Shrugs. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Shrugs. Thank you for the correction. Shrugs. You give him some shrugs. You could say scrubs, even if that's harsh. Whatever. Point is, you don't give him like what he has now, and he puts up similar number to Mahomes. Then he's competitive at that point. I don't know. I think that's being a little unfair because. Well, yeah, I mean, I it's know. an unfair game, though, because, you know, if, if Mahomes throws for, you know, 5,100 yards and Burrow throws for 5,100 yards and the touchdowns are one or two off and the interceptions are one or two off, like, if, if you're talking the numbers are pretty equal, the records are comparable, uh, you know, I'm talking like a game off. Like, to me, I think that you, I think you could make a pretty real argument that. 
that what Mahomes did was more impressive because he did it with less. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I, I'm just saying that I think that that's going to be the way that some people look at this. Um, because again, you've got, you've got a really, really talented receiving core. And that's not to say that if Joe Burrow throws for 5,400 yards and Mahomes throws for 4,900 or whatever, whatever stats you want to use that people are going to look at it and say, ah, oh, well, Mahomes had let like, yeah, Bur- if Burrow has a better season. He's going to win MVP, but I'm saying, you know, if all things were equal, if it's I, I want. I, I wonder what kind of edge Mahomes gets in that regard um, because, you know, he has been consistent. Like he lost Tyreek this year and the Chiefs were still really, really good. Like, you know, there, there's always this debate about MVP. Well, OK, is it the best player? Is it the most valuable? How do you kind of I think, it, you know, a lot of people kind of debate the um, the meaning of the award. Uh, and kind of how you want to how you want to how you want to give it out? Do you want to give it to the guy who had the best season? Who I think played that's the more best? Other sports than football. Football is mostly right. The best quarterback in the league gets the MVP. Yeah. No matter what. So, <laughs> Unless you're I, like I Adrian some, Peterson, yeah. I, I think there's some nuance to to discussion in other sports. You know, uh, I, I just don't see that that being a big you know kind of discussion point for the NFL just because. It's a, such a quarterback-driven league, you know, the best quarterback. You know, the one thing that'll that'll help determine this kind of in the years to come is if these teams keep, you know, on the schedule again next year in the regular season. Uh, you know, if they keep finishing at the top of their divisions, they could keep matching up here on an annual basis, and that will make a difference. Um, you know, obviously they split the matchups this year, but um, that, that, does, that does matter, I think, and, and will kind of have an impact next year. Uh, especially, you know, if, what if they open the season with each other? Um, that could, you know, set one off on the on the right path. That that's actually real. I was actually talking to a friend about this. Like, what if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl on Sunday, which we'll talk about later, and then they get that, you know, Thursday opening game that like every Super Bowl champion has, and it's like the Bengals visit them. That, by the way, I'm telling you right now, like because the Bengals and Chiefs are going to play in Arrowhead next year, like it's already determined. If that's the first game of the year for both teams, though. Ooh, that's going to be a banger. Um, but well, I mean, it, 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 going to that know, game. By the way, just to cut you off, like that game's going to be in primetime. Uh, like we, I had we had this discussion. I think Mike and I and uh, some of the, some other writers, like immediately after they lost the Chiefs, we were like, all right, this this game next year, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, this is the kickoff game to the season, or this game is going to be played in Germany. Um, so you, <laughs> I mean, you're right, yeah, Mahomes, like Mahomes. It- in theory, the game is not set for Arrowhead because it could be an international yeah. game, even though that would seem not the best move to do that because it's such a attractive matchup for, you know, right. the Chiefs. But um, in theory, it could be overseas. Yeah, and whatever it is, yeah. it's going to be. It, they're going to try and get eyeballs on Burrow Mahomes, like so. You can you can kind of bet that people are going to be watching that one. That's what they did with Brady Manning. So. We have entered a new era, but to kind of go through two other uh, awards from the NFL honors, I want to ask you guys if this is an overreaction or an underreaction. Zach Taylor not getting a single first place vote for coach of the year. Overreaction or underreaction? No reaction. Who cares? Yeah, no uh, Yeah, no reaction is the best way to say that. that <laughs> I, he, like, so coach, Kevin coach- O'Connell, who got one vote, Dan Campbell, who I think is a great guy, got a vote. Andy Reid had two votes, and I understand, you know, even though they're in the Super Bowl, it's a regular season award. Not one for Zach Taylor to have yeah, the schedule they had, the one of the toughest in the league coming off of a yeah. Super Bowl to go twelve no. and what, four. Do you think? Do you think like he's at home right now, like 
Like, we're not, really but we're, we're not, we don't know what's in his head. Out. We're talking about what's in our heads right now. We're, we can't get inside of Zach Taylor's head. I'm talking about what's in our heads right now. Right, but I mean, do you I don't know how what he's thinking. Cares? I'm sure he probably doesn't care like, if, if you're asking, but you I mean, if you don't win an award and you're not even in the top five or top 10, like, you really want to vote? I mean, oh man, I think you got me there. But I mean, at the yeah, same well, time, and also, I, I don't and know. Also, he didn't Kyle Shanahan got one. 12 first place votes. Like, he was yeah, the runner-up yeah. behind Brian Dable. Yeah. He had like, no quarterback. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Muhammad, for the, at the end of the season, for, like, oh, what, the last sweet, five, oh, six games of the season. Jesus. Oh, sweet Lord. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Coach of the year, and, and I know Mike was saying that MVP, kind of in other sports, you can debate this, like, whether it's valuable, whether it's best, whatever. Coach of the year, pretty much unanimously, you look at it and it's, okay, who did we think was going to be bad? That was actually good or who had to kind of rise above the first place vote. The first place winner, Brian Dable definitely deserved to win because he took a team with Daniel Jones, at quarterback, the divisional round. They got stomped in the divisional round, but the giants were supposed to be terrible. Kyle Shanahan. I understand that they were a regular season award though. Playoffs mean nothing. It's a regular season award. Yeah, but he's okay. So he still, he took him to the playoffs. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you, you lose Jimmy G, you lose Lance, and all of a sudden you're putting in something named Brock Purdy. And with Someone, all due respect to Brock something. Purdy, like, with all due respect to Brock Purdy, nobody thought Brock Purdy was worth anything. And, like, I, I wonder what you Brock didn't. Purdy looks like in a non. I think there was a lot of people who were curious about Brock Purdy, and I wonder what Brock Purdy looks like. Yeah, in curious is the better word. You, you said, "Oh, a nobody," and now you're like, "Oh, Doug, well, maybe some people are curious." Doug Peterson. Doug up. Peterson. Doug Peterson took a team that had the first overall pick two years in a row to the playoffs. I but respect you, that. You, you, I respect you look that. at the teams at the top and the coaches at the top. They did a lot with a little. And then you get to the bottom, like, you know, Dan Campbell's on there. Kevin O'Connell took the Vikings to the playoffs. Then you get to the bottom. Okay, well, Andy Reid, he's one of the best coaches of all time. He's 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 on that list. Pete Carroll, he's one of the best coaches. Or Pete Carroll, he's one Matt of the better Taylor's coaches at the home right now wondering yeah. why he didn't get more fifth-place votes. <laughs> I wouldn't – yeah, like, if I, if, I, if I had to vote one through – probably one through five, one through seven, Zach Taylor's not making my ballot. Probably With all due respect to Zach night. Taylor, I think he's a good coach. Do you think I like he have won it? I think he's okay, a- so let me ask you this. Should he have won it last year? A minute of those awards. Do you think Zach Taylor watched a minute? Over and under five minutes of those awards. I ask him. That's a, that's a I, good Ask him when, when we see him at the Combine. Ask him. I can't answer that. No. I don't live with the guy. It's a good question, though. Oh, you it's don't? a good one, I Mike. We should definitely debate that sometime. What's up? Zero. The, the debate is I, I'm going under. Um, All right, yeah, then. I think I'm. I think I'm at under. Okay, so okay, let, th- I think this is a more debatable point than. All right, I, I guess I'm the the crazy overreactor who's losing his mind right now. Sam Hubbard, um, the Hubbard yard dash, if you want to call it that, whatever you want to call his fumble return in the playoffs, that was a finalist moment. Uh, he was a finalist for moment of the year, but he got beat out by Justin Jefferson's fourth down catch that he had against the Bills, which I still think was one of the best plays of the year, but. I don't know. I think that should have gone to Hubbard. I think that was Hubbard's award. I think he should have won NFL Moment of the Year because, again, I'm not saying this take away from Justin Jefferson's play. I think it probably was the best catch of the 2022 season, but it's a playoff game. It's one game. of the best You're catches back... of all time. Like, of all like, time, do, sure. one of the Absolutely. best catches of all time. Absolutely. No, no, I'm not taking away anything from him, but this was in the playoffs. Your backs are against the wall. Like, What if the Bengals were in the Super Bowl right now? 
what if they're in the Super Bowl? Then, like, maybe you could lend more credence to that. But, like, they still made it to the conference championship. Like, that saved their season for, like, the next two games. I mean, I think the Vikings were going to get into the playoffs even if they had lost that game to the Bills. Like, that, I think there was more weight that literally Sam Hubbard carried on his shoulders with that play than what Justin Jefferson did in Buffalo. Doesn't mean it wasn't a good play. I just think there's more weight to what Sam Hubbard did. You guys don't agree with that? You look, the awkward silence. Give me, don't give me the awkward silence. Say something. I, I you mean, guys are looking I, at me like I'm crazy. It's a silly award, and so I mean, it shouldn't even silly exist. To you? Yes, it is. Okay, so it's Andrew, I don't know award. if this is silly to you, but it's, am it's, I crazy or am I crazy? It's like, 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 really, the the award show should be who is the MVP, who is the coach of the year, end of a show. <laughs> well, Hall of, Hall of Fame inductees too. You could do rookie of the, rookies of the year. You could do rookies of the year. That, that's yeah, fine. Come on, yeah, be that fair. That that's that's, that's a good one too. And Hall of Fame inductees. Don't forget that. That's at the very end too. But, right? No, the, the inductees are there. They're, they're announced. The inductees are. In well, I'm saying inductees. at least you can like you, you want to like obviously tune in to hear that too. But I get what you're saying. Awards wise, what rookies but, of the know, year, it, MVP, it, coach it, of the year. It, okay. It they do this to make TV content. I mean, it's just their ESPYs or whatever. It's like what I mean. Okay, and, and, the, and we're we're debating if they got the content right. That's that's all we're that's doing. That's what's next, right? I mean, like, okay, I mean, it was a good play. Oh, I mean, we, we 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 could debate Kelly Clarkson's Cowboys dress, which, by the way, that that was actually pretty. That was pretty dope. How she had that. She had like what? It was a long dress, and it had like those Cowboys players' names on it. She had like a jersey on top. She she came good with the jokes, by the way. Like I don't watch do the her show that, that they much. Do at but... the Grammys and Oscars now, where it's you know who are you wearing? Are we gonna start asking that? Not on this podcast, but maybe maybe other people can do that. I, I'd say for this podcast, we'll focus on football. But um, oh, that was actually a blast. That was fun. You know, you know, I I have to aggravate you guys. This is, this is how we have fun. This is this is where it's at. This is the entertainment. But. That's what the NFL honors are for, too. Stay with us because we're going to focus on more real football stuff as we talk about the Super Bowl, uh, how that relates to the Bengals, what that means for them moving forward, what they can learn from that, and our predictions and prop bets right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey there, it's Muhammad Ahmad from the Strictly Stripes podcast. You might be wondering, what exactly is Cincinnati Football Insider? Well, it's a community of fans who want the inside scoop on the Bengals and a direct connection to the Strictly Stripes podcast and the reporters who cover the team. And that would be me, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislick. It works like this. Andrew, Mike, and I will text your phone a few times a day with breaking news, analysis, and our insights on the Bengals. It's the inside scoop on what we're hearing, and we'll give you the inside word before it even hits social media. Being an insider is the best way to participate with the podcast and get in on special events and Zoom calls with me, Mike, and Andrew. And the best part is you can text us directly. It's a great way to cut through the clutter of Facebook, Twitter, other social media, and avoid the trolls for just $4.99 a month. Still not sure? Well, just try it for two weeks, and if you don't like it, you can text the word STOP at any time, but you won't want to cancel once you join the community of hardcore Bengals fans. Here's the best way to get on board. Go to cleveland.com slash Bengals, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, or if it's easier, text 513-940-4193. It's a great time to try the two weeks free, as we'll be reporting live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Plus, we'll be covering free agency on the way to the NFL Draft in April. Give us a try for two weeks and see what you think. Just text this number again. It's 513-940-4193 and become an insider today. 
And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So time to focus on some real football, the gridiron, the pigskin, and that is the biggest game in the world in terms of football, or maybe even just in general, honestly, and that's the Super Bowl. Uh, the Bengals, of course, came so, so close to this game, but instead it's Mahomes versus Hurts, the Chiefs versus the Eagles. Uh, first off, just right out of the bat, I mean, I just want your all's takes. Who's winning this game? Is it Mahomes? Is it Hurts? I mean, who y'all got? Split on me. Well, the Eagles, I don't think Hurts is going to win it by himself. I think the Eagles are going to win it. Oh, you um, know what I You mean. know, I said this in the press box in – I said this in the press box in uh, in Kansas City that I thought that whoever – like, I think it was before the game that I thought whoever wins the game between the Chiefs and the Bengals was going to lose to the Eagles. Um, the, the Eagles, to me, are just – I wish I could give proper credit. I, I, forget, I listened to it on a podcast, so I don't want to – pawn it off as my own take, but uh, might have been the athletic. I don't know. But it, basically the, the argument was this feels like a team that you look at throughout the year. I don't know. I don't know about Hertz. I don't know about their, you know, their passing game. Are they really that good? Their schedule wasn't that good. And then they win the Super Bowl and you go, oh, right. That totally makes sense. Their quarterback was an MVP finalist and their offensive line is really good. And they have all pros and pro bowlers at like every position. And, and you just kind of look at, at their talent and their depth. Like to me that I think the Eagles are uh, the deeper team. I think they're the better team. They obviously do not have the better quarterback. Uh, but I, I just don't know. I don't know how many advantages the uh, the Chiefs have over the Eagles I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, if, if I were just kind of handicapping this, obviously having not done extensive research on the Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, I think Spagnolo is <laughs> going to blitz the hell out of Jalen Hurts. I think they're going to really try and make his day really, really difficult. So I think that that's the way you try to do it. You put eight in the box, and if Jalen Hurts beats you, he beats you. But uh, Hurts has gotten better as a passer every year that he's been in the league. I think he's still kind of underrated in that regard. And I think the Eagles are going to win. Um and I think that there's we can we'll talk about this next week, but I think that there's some there's some interesting lessons here, I guess, for the Bengals across what you can learn from the Chiefs and from the Eagles. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that I, I hadn't looked at the lines in a, in a while, and, and the Chiefs are underdogs. Go, I mean, as of today, um, that's crazy to me. I I just feel like they. I, people are just selling them short. Um, you know, I think they were sold short. Going in the Bengals game, just with uh, that offense and, and that coaching staff has really just I don't know I think I'm figured out how to how to how to win with that with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's kind of the perfect match, and I, I certainly think that that would be a good bet uh, as, as money line underdogs, not even just uh, the points. Um, I, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, looks like, uh, like you said, the Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point underdogs. That's the latest I've been seeing from DraftKings and Caesar Sportsbook and FanDuel. Um, it's definitely interesting. Uh, I mean, Chiefs haven't really been much of an underdog all year, so, yeah, that is a little bit shocking. But, you know, I mean, like the thing with the Eagles, and I think I said this maybe a while back. I don't even know if I said it to you guys, but the Eagles are just the more built team. Like they, they've got those weapons that Mahomes doesn't have. Like they got A.J. Brown. They got Devontae Smith. Um, I think they're definitely going to use, um, you know, Miles Sanders and just the running backs a lot. Like, and I, I like what you said about what Spagnuolo is going to do, but you know, to Jalen Hurts, I mean, bliss the hell out of him. Like he did to Joe Burrow. Like, I know you want to talk about like lessons in this case, I think, yeah, if you're the Eagles, like 
get ready to see Spagnolo do what they did to Joe Burrow. And I think other way around too, like I think if you're Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, like I don't know if you blitz the hell out of Mahomes in the same way Spagnolo would, but like you just have to make the guy uncomfortable. Because like like we talked about, I think it was like was in our post game podcast at Arrowhead, like the Bengals did not do a good enough job of making Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable, especially when the dude was like almost literally on one leg most of the game, especially when it really showed in the second half. But you got Joe Burrow, granted, without his offensive line, playing with two legs, and he gets sacked, what, five, six times? One of his worst, you know, performances in terms of getting sacked all year and in his career since last year's playoffs. Like, you know, I think that's absolutely what the Eagles have to do is, like, look at what Mahomes did on one leg and imagine what he can do with two learn from what the Bengals did wrong and maybe what other teams did wrong, you know, as far as like letting Mahomes roll out of the pocket, have enough time to find Travis Kelsey, because that was another thing. Like Travis Kelsey, you, you give him time to get wide open. I don't care if you're putting two, three on him. Doesn't matter. I mean, the Bengals left him open. That was one of the biggest fatal flaws they had was letting him get like the eight catches he had for, I think it was what, like 90, no, 80 something yards, but do not let Mahomes get, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Mahomes and Kelsey don't let either of them get open. Don't let Mahomes have a good day. Let him be comfortable. Let him be confused. Force them to drop, you know, audibles left and right. Um, because, you know, they're not going to be an arrowhead where they have that advantage. Like, it's, it's a Super Bowl. So, um, I would say I think the Eagles will win. I'm not so sold on a score just because I don't know. Like, I think that the Chiefs could also stun me, could, could stun people selling them short as an underdog. But if I'm just going to go out on a whim here, I'd say Eagles by a touchdown. And if you want to get a specific score, I'd say Eagles win 27-20. What do you guys think? Is that an unreasonable prediction, or how would you guys predict the score? I mean, it's going to be close. Like, Vegas knows what it's doing. Um, the line, And, like, obviously they, you know, Mike has said this before, it's not necessarily designed for what they think is going to happen. It's designed to get action and get movement on it. Uh, but it's been really close. You know, it's been within when a, within a field goal kind of, for the last few weeks. So I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a good one. So, I mean, hopefully it's a good one. I, I, it, there's just a deflating feeling when the Super Bowl is, you know, Seahawks and, and Broncos and uh, Broncos and Panthers and the game, you know, Rams, Patriots, the games that really suck. So I hope it's good. Uh, but yeah, I, I think either way, I think we're going to be, we're going to be in for a, a game that's close, whether it's, you know, seven or three or whatever. I think it's going to be a tight one. Seven to three. Seven, no, within seven to three. I would, I would have said that was a gutsy prediction. I thought that yeah, was well, a if say, I yeah, seven like... to three. Yeah, if I if I if I genuinely thought it was going to be seven to three, I would be throwing like a hundred dollars on it, and then you guys would never <laughs> hear from me again after the game was over because I would be living on some deserted island in the Bahamas. But I thought no. I, one one you time you even do under ten points as a bet. Under, can you do like, well, I'd be 10 and a half, but can you do that? I don't know. I'm going to look those odds up as, as, as we, as we do this. Uh, Cause I am curious because you can bet exact scores. So you can bet, you know, you can bet that. I don't even know well, if they would the offer. Odds be on that. Yeah. We could do any quarter. Wait, Andrew, I don't where'd know. you say you would go? You said you'd go Some, to the Bahamas? I would buy a deserted. If, yeah. If I bet it seven to three and it actually hit, I would own a deserted island in the Bahamas. I would be rich. I thought you would say you said you'd go to like South Carolina or something like that. Or am I the one that said that? You said you would well, go yeah, somewhere so else. Well, yeah. So that's 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 if I like that's if I just get <laughs> regular rich. Like if I hit this, I'm like oil baron rich. Um. So 
I don't think that that's that's a that's a possibility. Uh, you could bet thirteen to ten um, Chiefs. You can bet ten seven Chiefs. Um, what are the odds on that? Well, hang on. I'm looking. I'm trying to see if I can get any lower ones. Uh, ooh, no, you cannot. Okay, so ten seven is the lowest you can get. Uh, ten dollars really? okay. on that wins you wins you five thousand dollars. So it's, so you're not uh, going to the Bahamas. <laughs> no, I'm not going to the Bahamas. I thought. Well, technically, if they were seven to three, maybe I'd get less. Um, and then what is the lowest over under that you can bet? I am curious about this now because like the, the over under, I think is what 51 now. No, it's 50 and a half. All right. So 50, that's, you know, that's not bad. Um, first half score, alternate spread, alternate total points. The lowest you can bet is 25 and a half for the, at least on family. Really? Uh, so that is plus 3000. So 10 wins you 300. Um, I will not be doing that. That's not oil barren money. No, that's not. I yeah, that's. I mean, if you, I guess, I don't know if they would let you parlay a score where it's under twenty five and like bet a correct score. Um, we're not at oil barren money. We are at like, you know, some of college is paid off, but all not, right, all right, all right not I'm living, not I'm living in a tropical paradise just yet. Or no, it's Warren Buffett. I said Jimmy Buffett for a second. Well, you're not going to be living like Jimmy Buffett or Warren Buffett, so. All right, there, Mister Showboater. You pull, but, well, your reference for rich oil baron intrigues me. What? What did that? Where did you pull that from? Like, are you? Is that like? Did you grow up envisioning yourself like, if I ever make it and become wealthy, <laughs> I want I, right. like you. You envision being living an oil baron's life. Like, where did oil baron come from? I don't know. Just the it's first like thing that popped rich, into I would my never mind. Say I was rich, like you know, like. <laughs> A movie star, or an athlete, yeah, a like, rich, an yeah, rich, brand. like a tech, a tech guy, like you know, no, like, you like Bill Gates. Tech, guy. tech guy is like, fine. Tech guy is fine. You said oil baron. <laughs> I know. Well, because I, you know, I think oil, oil barons. Being an oil baron would be fun. Like having that kind of money, because like I feel like I could, you could like, like reasonably wear a cowboy hat in public, um, which I feel like would be an interesting look. Um, like jean jackets are now well. in in the mix. Um, fit you well. Like you just like live in Texas, you get the like the most gaudy outfits you can possibly find. You know, find a piece of land in the middle of nowhere, and so you, have got, a... so you pulled oil baron because you want to dress more flamboyantly. You don't have the courage to do it now, but if you well, yeah, I mean, if, if you if if you look at my paychecks and and you dress like that with like the money that I make, people are going to call you an ass. Like, but I'm saying, like not... when you were when little little Andrew was like, I want to grow up to be an oil baron so I can wear hats right. and and funky clothes. That's, well, first it was like... football player. First I wanted to be a pro football player, and then once I realized <laughs> that dream was, out, so was oil over, then the funny thing well, is because... the the only other reference to oil baron I've heard in the last like fifteen to twenty years since like in school when you learned about oil, I don't know, was the SNL skit called Career Day. It's Andrew Dr- I don't know if you guys watch <laughs> SNL, but I'd recommend. No, I'm not cool like you. I haven't I'd seen it in years. I recommend tracking down this sketch that's called Career Day, and Adam Driver's in it. He plays this oil baron who visits his kid's school, and it's one of the best sketches in SNL history. You should go check it out, especially if you have an affinity for oil baron, uh, Andrew. Well, yeah, you, I mean, might, like, I, I feel like. Because like, you could be that person in that sketch in, like, 40 years. Oh my just, god! Just well, yeah, like I, I feel like. Well, see, here's the thing, though. I feel like 
every other industry you have to you have to work for it right like you have to create something you have to be good at something you have to be you know you have to be a great professional athlete you have to be a great singer you have to be a great actor you have to do something sometimes oil baron you can just like live on a piece of land that has oil on it and nobody knew about it and then all of a sudden boom you're rich and but then I feel you're, like that's you're just... a landowner with oil. You're not a baron. yeah. So you sell the that's land and you make a profit. Line. No, no, no. You need to more. You need to not just like find oil on your land to be an oil baron. Well, obviously like, there's more than that, like but that's how you get started. That's happened like before, to... though. I listen, Mike. I don't know. I don't. I don't know any oil barons. I don't think you do either. But I feel like there's a. I feel like it's easier to fall like into that. Short right now. You're I feel like it's I mean, easier to fall into know, that than it is to like fall into being like a major league baseball player. From the oil barons that listen to the show, and they're gonna be like, Andrew really talks <laughs> some, some smack. Well, that's basically like. I mean, it's not impossible to find land and just like, or have land and just find. Well, I mean, that's what happened yeah, in Saudi Arabia. That's basically like, what happened there. But you're not a baron. That's ridiculous. No. You're, well, no, the, 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 whatever oil. people in Saudi Arabia found that oil, they became barons by definition. Whenever they discovered the petroleum, like, what, 100 years ago or whenever. Same in, like, you know, Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Like, same thing over there. They just found it and they're like, all right, we're rich now. We're oil barons. I mean, you have to do more than that. Like, you no, don't you just find it. But it's a like, way to get your foot in the door. And you can't. You can't label yourself an oil baron. I feel like you have to be, you have to earn that money. Well, yeah, it's like a nickname. Yeah. Yeah, you can't give yourself a nickname. You need so, to. So, like, if you find oil on your land, people aren't going to be like, oh, you're an oil baron automatically. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You have to, you have to work towards it. But I feel like it's easier to get your foot in the door in, in that industry than other industries because you can, you can kind of luck into it. Yeah. Like, because, like, but you, you have to be born be a, into it, gonna, though. But if you're going to be a pro football player, like, like nobody like have you ever become a pro football player accidentally i don't know i don't think so no like, there's no such thing guys work their whole life you. for that thank but you. to be like thank oil you rich, for you saying my point but you could just be you, you, you could be born to like a rich family i know i get what you're saying i'm saying like you could be born into some random rich family and just inherit it but like i don't care how athletic well, you are you gotta work your way to the nfl I wasn't. Shout out Eileen and Leo for raising me, but uh, we're not. We're not <laughs> millionaires. We're not billionaires. We we're we're not. We're we don't have. I'm not. My net worth is not five hundred million dollars. So I need to find another way to get a net worth of five hundred million dollars. I wonder if a glass door is like an average salary of oil barons. Ooh, that's a good question. I actually wonder. Well, it's probably not hard to find. I mean, their stuff is public record at this point anyway. I'm, you could probably just crunch some numbers and look it up. But I don't know. If I ever imagined myself getting rich, and I'm, I'm probably feeding into a stereotype which has some truth into it, but if I were to get rich, at least when I was a kid, like when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, I thought I was going to be owning gas stations and motels because Whoa. that's what my family does. Like that's how they came to America from the Middle East and – it's not a stereotype. Like they had a gas station and a gas station turned into a motel, it turned into a trailer park. So I was like, oh, maybe if I don't do something else, I'll just be that one day. And then I was like, oh, I like sports. I'll be a sports reporter. So, okay, so we just uh, shifted the tide. So my, so I, go I Googled it like word for word what Mike said. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you would have preferred me say uh, oil tycoon instead of oil baron. I know. Baron. I saw that. I was thinking about yeah, that. Oil, so on uh, schmoop.com, which I have never heard of, it says an average salary is $15 million and an expected lifetime earnings is $626 million. That's, that seems to track. Yeah, that, that tracks. So, 
if you want to become an oil tycoon, um, try and find a place that'll let you bet seven to three, and then you'll be good to go. You'll have your startup money. Yeah, there's your yeah, there's your startup money. There, yeah, there's, there's your, your front capital. money to the bank. Yeah, it takes money to win. It takes money to make money. Yeah, scared money don't make money. That's for sure. Or yeah, or what is it? No, it's is that what saying is? Scared money don't make money. Yeah, scared money don't make unless money, you're playing man. unless you're playing blackjack and you fold. Sometimes scared money makes money. I've never played blackjack. I don't even oh. know much about it. But thank you for the for the wise information. Gosh, this this was refreshing. This, this is like Super Bowl week. Have an off season conversation. If I have ever heard one. Before you know, it, we'll be having like debates on like how to cook certain meals or what foods better than this food and actually we probably should do that now you guys are giving me ideas so look, look at us just brainstorming on the spot off the cuff how about that well folks stay tuned with us next week we're gonna pick back up where we left off with our positional reviews we talk about the quarterbacks and running backs so we'll we'll pick up from where we left off there we'll talk about what we saw on sunday andrew mentioned lessons what can the Bengals have learned from either the eagles or the chiefs based on how the game goes but uh, glad you could join us on this fun, as I said earlier, fry yay, because it's all about having fun. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Happy Super Bowl weekend. Have fun.